It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Having fun, right? Some of you, not only did you not think you were going to have fun, you didn't think this roof was going to stand up when you walked in here this morning. And yet here we all are. We've made it. Tomorrow, Christmas Day, right now, Christmas Eve, you know that. Uh, Google's got their Santa track alive. So we can, you know, when you get home, you can find out where he's at on his way. Um, I've got to tell you though, personally, Christmas could not come quick enough this year because this December has been a very, very, very janky month. In case you missed it, for the first three weeks of December, Mariah Carey did not resume her rightful place at the head of the Billboard Hot 100. What is wrong with the world? No, that honour went to Brenda Lee. Hello, who? Yeah, I know, right? She was as shocked as anyone when the media started contacting her because she recorded a song, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, in 1958. People didn't even know if she was still alive when they were trying to reach out to her for an interview. She's 79 years old, rocking around the Christmas tree. She was so impressed, a little bit embarrassed, but thought she got inspired. She rewrote the song and re-recorded it. It's now called Hobbling Around the Christmas Tree. All right, that's the, that's the only very poor Christmas humour that I intend to share this morning. So, all right, had to get that one out the way early. Uh, but uh, just so you know, we're kind of entering the fourth week of December. Mariah Carey's back where she belongs. Selfishly knocking Brenda Lee down to number two. Mm. You know, Mariah Carey earns 14 million US dollars a year in royalties off that one song alone. I don't think it's all she wants for Christmas is you. She can buy whatever the hell she wants as well. But see, over the years, we've layered on a whole lot of Christmas traditions. We've done Christmas trees. Everyone got their Christmas tree up. Okay, now these days, you can do uh, fake or you can do live. Who's team fake? Team fake. Who's team live? Okay, phew, because if you were, I just need to let you know, you would be having a fire hazard in your living room. All right, then we have decorations on said Christmas tree. Who's team minimal? You're like, I'm just going to do the blue and the silver this year. Last year we did the gold and we did the silver. We're going to move it along. That's enough. That's enough for us. Everything needs to be matchy-matchy and not too many items, please. Okay, who's team maximal? Who's team maximal? You're like... There is not enough room on this Christmas tree for my vision. In fact, when you get to the end of decorating, you can't even see the Christmas tree. Just looks like stuff floating in the air. What about Christmas lights? Who has Christmas lights up on the outside of your house? Anyone? All right, good on you, Bernie. Anyone willing to admit that you go all in when it comes to Christmas lights and that Simon McKenzie's being dubbed in by his son and wife? Good, right, I like it, yeah. Simon, yeah, yeah, hope you win. Uh, I found out this week, I, fe- I, I came across a guy who pays a guy to put up his external Christmas lights. I didn't know that was a thing. 
I know, I, knew, I know you can pay someone to come and assemble your Ikea furniture. I didn't know this was a thing, but it's a thing. But here's the thing about lights. Lights remind us of something that Simon Camilleri, genius too, by the way. Yes, he was a little bit locked down, stir crazy, obviously. Uh, something that God spoke through a, a spokesperson named Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus actually entered earth. And this is what... God spoke. So we call Isaiah like a prophet. It's like a fancy word for God's spokesperson. And big brain Bible scholars uh, conclude that this was a reference, the great light was a reference to Jesus who was going to enter the earth hundreds of years after this was being spoken. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And we read that, you might not believe the, the great light bit. I'm okay with that. I'm glad you're here. But, but you understand the darkness piece. I mean, if you've read the news, watched the news recently, we are never far removed from having some darkness orbiting, maybe not our world, but certainly the world. We've got darkness of wars, darkness of hatred, darkness of racism. But then darkness can creep into our own lives and we, we, we experience it. And so we know that this is not a foreign concept. Darkness of loneliness for some people. Christmas kind of brings that up front and center. Darkness of depression, darkness of hopelessness. And come on, 2023, for some of you, it's gonna be the darkness of financial pressure that this year has brought in new ways. Christmas is a reminder that there's a great light willing and able to shine in our darkness, to actually give us hope and give us direction. Now, we've already sliced and diced the Christmas story two ways, so I hope you're kind of caught up. So I don't want to retell the Christmas story. What I instead want to do is I want to look at what's possibly the most profound verse written in the entire Bible. Now, big claim, I know. Uh, if you want to follow along, you can get your smartphone camera, scan this flow code. It'll take you to, and it'll take you to this thing. This is like churchy stuff, Colossians chapter one. You only see this stuff written on church things or at the Super Bowl uh, by some guy at the back of the end zone who should be wearing a shirt, but isn't. Uh, Colossians chapter one, and this version I'm going to read from, if you care, New Living Translation. Now, Colossians, is, 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 this is a letter that a guy named Paul wrote to a church in a place called Colossae, hence the name. It wasn't written by them, it was written to them. Paul was like a Elon Musk, heavyweight kind of guy. He was like an entrepreneur in the early church. He would sort of launch new churches here, launch a church there, launch a church there, train up some leaders. Then he would move on, launch a church in the next place. But he would typically keep in touch with those churches by way of letter. Obviously no email and so on at the time, but this was that version and we've got these recorded accounts of some of his letters, including this one that he wrote to the church in Colossae. Now I'm gonna put it up and uh, there's a word that's underlined. When I get to the underlined word, I want you all to read that word out with me. And this is how I can tell whether or not you're still awake. All right, here we go. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. The first thing, well, actually, the second thing 
that Paul's making the point here is that Jesus wasn't actually created 2,000 years ago when he entered the world in human form. That he already existed and he has supreme, he's supreme over all creation. But then walking it back, Paul makes the point that Christ, Jesus, is the visible image of the invisible God. And in fact, to kind of double click on this, God instructed the people that when this visible image of the invisible God enters the world in human form, call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is not someone who knows God. This is God now in human form, what we like to call God in a bod. And so God enters the world, Emmanuel, God with, but not in some creepy Instagram sort of with us way. Has anyone ever been brave enough to try the Instagram microphone test? All right, let me give you the homework. If you've got Instagram on your phone, not now, when you get home, open the app, and say tools, nails, electric drills, and then start scrolling. And you will not be four posts deep before you hit an advertisement sponsored by Ryobi. I just guarantee you that. Always with us, people, Instagram. Or not in a always with us, creepy Santa kind of way. Have you ever thought about that? Listen, let me, let me, let me, bring you in behind the curtain on a little bit about some of Santa's antics. Listen to this. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. That is disturbing, people. So that's not what we're talking about with this idea of Jesus being God with us. You ever find yourself wondering or just thinking, man, Boy, time sure is going quickly. I mean, it's December, it's 2020. Anyway, but like, man, time's going quickly. I'm going quickly. In less than three months, I was telling someone a couple of days ago, in less than three months, we will celebrate the fourth anniversary since we entered lockdown 1.0. Four years ago, people. When someone says to you, you know, you know, at the end of the last century, and you have to remember, they're talking about the 1990s, not the 1890s. Like, oh yeah, because uh, some of you were around at the end of the last century. How many of you were born before the end of the last century, 1990s or earlier? Yeah, all right. Well, listen, I want, me too. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna take you on a trip down memory lane. And for those of you born in the 2000s and afterwards, I'm gonna catch you up. Catch you up on some experiences that you have never and will never have. You dodged a bullet, people. All right, starting with this. This is a sound. Listen carefully. That, my young, ignorant friends, is the sound of a dial-up modem. And here's how that played out in your parents' household. Let me just kind of catch you up. 
that was what we used to call connecting to the internet. Where in your parents' household, there was one phone line. It was called a landline. We didn't call it a landline then, we just called it the phone line. And if you wanted to connect to the internet, you had to make sure no one was using the landline. You would have to unplug it. You would have to use what we now call sneaker net to transport it over to the back of your modem, plug that in, click, and then this would begin. And then you could go and have coffee. You could go and probably meet a friend for lunch. And if you're lucky when you came back, maybe, just maybe, you're now connected to the internet. But while you're now connected, well, if you're now connected to the internet, it's only a matter of time before your parents would yell out, hey, get off the internet. I need to make a phone call because they picked up the phone, what we now call a landline phone. It was just the phone and they would get the engaged signal and they would know that's because some knucklehead is connected to the internet. Now you that were born in the 2000s, to you, internet is like air. It just is. All right, what about this one? Oh, some of you just got triggered. A Blockbuster membership card. How many of you had a Blockbuster membership card? There's still one Blockbuster store left in the world. It's, a, it's in the US and it's now set up as an Airbnb. You can actually book to go and sleep inside. And you don't need a Blockbuster membership card in order to do that. But here's the thing. Apparently, some people still have their Blockbuster Membership cards. I got a card at the liquor store today and while I'm getting my ID out, Blockbuster card fell out. The cashier laughed and said, never, never, never mind. You're good. Listen, if, you, if you're wondering, Blockbuster, were they a big deal? They issued key tags to stop the pain that you might experience if you left home without it. All right, so you're like, Blockbuster, what is this blockbuster you speak of? Well, it was a physical place that humans went to to rent video cassettes of movies. You would have to, if you wanted to rent a movie, you would actually have to not only leave your couch, you would have to actually leave your house. In some cases, leave your postcode. You would go into said Blockbuster store and you, you would walk up and down. We call it scrolling now. There was no scrolling. You were just walking up and down aisles like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And like, all right, well, why don't, then you might, well, look, I'll just, I'll just make it easy. I'll just go to the top 20 section. Problem with the top 20 section is very popular. And you might get there and all of the copies of the movie that you had in mind that you wanted to watch that night were already been rented out. There was a finite number of copies. And if eight people had gotten in there before you and, and there was only eight copies, guess what? Keep scrolling. So you go looking and you choose second best, third best. You choose them you've never heard of. You're like, oh, what's the worst thing that can happen? And you put it on and it was trash, but you are so invested, you watched it through to the end and you're like, I'll show them blockbuster people sort of stamina I have. Yeah. And then 
you had to return the movie to the said blockbuster store. And the more popular the movie was, the shorter that window was. In fact, the most popular movies, next day. I don't care if it's Monday morning. We'll have these little drop boxes inside of the doors. And then if you didn't return it within the prescribed, sorry, was it prescribed? Legally required window, they had the ability to fine you money. And then if you kept being recidivistic, and not returning, they had the ability to cancel your membership, which now changes the trajectory of your entire life. Oh, sorry. And then there was one more thing they required of you before you returned the video cassettes. Anyone remember what that was? You had to rewind it. Now, now, okay, good. All right, good. You had to rewind it, which by the way, could take as much as 30 minutes per videotape. So you rewind it, then you go and set your dial-up modem and see which one goes first. All right, I don't think I ever did that. Uh, I learned this week though, in the US blockbuster stores, they had a campaign with the slogan, please be kind, rewind. Did we get that? No. Do we get that? No. Us Aussies don't need such obvious instructions. Christmas is actually a reminder, maybe that, not that we always need it, that like everything changes. It's also a reminder that God with us never changes. The thing about God being with us, if, 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 if that's something you're willing to consider is actually true, I acknowledge that's not good news unless He's both with us and for us. And there's clues. Now, we now have four separate accounts, biographies of Jesus' life and His ministry. Three of them were written by eyewitness accounts, people who actually were handpicked by Jesus, followed Him, had a front row seat for three and a half years. And the fourth one's written by a guy named Luke, who, who wasn't one of the chosen 12, but he, after Jesus died, and we believe rose back to heaven, went around interviewing more, a broader community of eyewitnesses. So we've got these four biographies. And when you start to read them, you get, start to get a picture of this God with us, this visible image of the invisible God. What was He really like? And one of the things that stands out to me, one of the most important things that stands out to me, recorded by all four biographers, is that whenever Jesus encountered someone who was walking in darkness, his number one emotional response was compassion, not anger. And that might be breaking news for some of us, but, but isn't it breaking good news? And the reason he was so consistently motivated by compassion is he actually, you start to read about it, his number one ticket item was extending love to people. In fact, when you read his biographies, and because we've got Jesus now, and in some churches they've got the Holy Circle, which I grew up in one of those churches. We used to call it the dinner plate. Um, and Jesus is so holy, and, it, and it's all this. And the people around him had a dinner plate, and Mary had a dinner plate. And, and, I don't, and I'm not dunking on any of those things. But what we read about when we read about Jesus' life on earth is that 
Jesus liked people who weren't like Jesus. Because I, okay. But another thing we read about is that people that weren't like Jesus liked Jesus. They were actually attracted to Him. They actually, He hung out with them and they willingly hung out with Him. There was just this, this something extra going on when it came to Jesus. Compassion and then love. But when He said He was moved with compassion, it wasn't like a, there, there, it'll be okay. He actually responded in power with what we now call miracles. And in fact, one of his biographers, a guy named Mark, my favourite name, one of his biographers, when he got to the end of his biography, when he was sort of signing off on this, he said, listen, he's writing, listen, there are not enough books available on the planet. There are not enough libraries available to store them if I was to record all of the miracles Jesus actually performed while He was here on earth. Jesus loves to stage an intervention when we're walking in darkness. He likes to see things turn around for our betterment, motivated by compassion, love and responding in power. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. That great light is with you and that great light is for you. But here's the bonkers thing. I just want to finish with this. Here's the bonkers thing. Literally, by historical accounts, we should not have even heard about Jesus. He was born in a nowhere town to a nobody family. He didn't come into the world into wealth. He didn't come into the world into power. And yet he's actually personally influenced the trajectory of history for the last 2000 years, more than every parliament that's sat and every king or queen that's reigned. He never wrote a book and yet more books have been written about him than about any other person in human history. He never painted a painting and yet more paintings have been painted with him as the subject than any other person in human history. He never travelled more than a few hundred miles from the nowhere town that he was born. And get this, this is probably the one that's gonna shock you the most. He didn't even have a YouTube channel. I know, right? Mr. Beast and Mr. Jesus. And yet despite what should have been obscurity that was like one brief shining moment and then gone like a Snapchat post, there are literally tens of millions. I was gonna say hundreds of millions. I don't wanna be hyperbolic. You can't read, believe everything you read on Wikipedia these days. But there are a lot of people all around the world gathering this weekend and celebrating that God is both with us and for us. And look, I'm not here to sell you anything. The food's free, hang around, have seconds, no one's counting. 
but I just want to invite you to consider something this Easter. And, and I, look, everyone here is, boy, time flies. <laughs> Seems like just yesterday Jesus was born. <laughs> Wait, it's all right. I do all my own stunts. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Where was I before I so rudely interrupted myself? Some of, some of, and I get, I get this, and, and this is no judgment. This is not better, worse, good, bad, no. But I, I appreciate some people, and this is typical in the average Australian kind of uh, surveys. Some people put Jesus next to Humpty Dumpty as a fairy tale story. And look, if that's you, okay. I mean, that's you. That's where you're at. That's where you're at. That's great. Some people, you're church veterans and you're like, yeah, I, I'm, I survived another Easter. I mean, Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. Was, okay. You can tell it's time to finish. Um, and then the, the rest of us are somewhere in between. What I want to encourage you, whether the story seems a little bit far-fetched or whether the story is so well-trodden that, that it's kind of lost a little bit of its shimmer and everyone in between, maybe just, just one thing. And by the Christmas isn't until tomorrow, so you, obviously none of us have got anything else to do today. Um, maybe just open your heart and just say, that guy at the front who doesn't know the difference between Christmas and Easter, maybe, maybe, maybe just consider, because if this is true, that, that God sent his son into the world in human form and that son is both with us and for us, if that's true, literally that changes everything. So let me pray. And it's cool if you're not a prayer, it's fine. No one's going to, you can keep your eyes open. No one's going to steal anything. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you that we have the opportunity in our country to freely gather amongst a, you know, a nation where not everyone believes the same thing. And uh, just that we can consider whether this story is indeed true. Uh, whether these biographers were recording fact or fiction and whether if this is true, whether that, whether that could possibly make a difference in any and every aspect of our lives as and when and if and when we open ourselves up to you more fully. God, I thank you in advance that this is going to be a Christmas just where every single one of us gathered here leaves at least a little closer to you than when they came in. In Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.